This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jets defeat the Panthers 27 to nothing. We'll talk about that in the opening hour of the show. Plus, Connor Rogers, Jets pre and post game host on SNY, will be joining us at 845. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you're having a great weekend so far. Our number is 800 919 ESPN. And we're going to start, of course, with the Jets. Got some Yankee thoughts as well, mixing the Giants. But man, I think if you're a Jet fan, there was a lot that actually happened in a second preseason game today that should make you pretty encouraged about the upcoming season. Sure, Aaron Rodgers did not play. Let's get that out of the way. Garrett Wilson did not play. Elijah Barrett Tucker did not play. So arguably the three best players on offense did not play defensively. Quinn Williams, he's not playing. Sauce Gardner, he's not playing. DJ Reed, he's not playing. So most of the quote-unquote best Jets did not play today. But the ones who did, the ones who did, I think there's a lot of positives to talk about. And I'm going to start with the quarterback because I'm a Jet fan who did not want Zach Wilson just to be handed the backup quarterback job without any true competition. I wanted a guy like A.J. McCarron to be brought in, Teddy Bridgewater to be brought in. Because ultimately, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, yes, the Jet season's over. We understand that. But if he rolls an ankle and has to miss a game or two, can your backup come in and win that game. Can he win you know, two games if Rodgers, God forbid, had to miss a month? Because going 2-2 two and two instead of 1-3 and three or 0-4, oh that's the difference in the Jets winning the division for the first time in 20 years, getting a home playoff game. That stuff matters. So going into the summer, I, like many Jet fans, was very nervous that Zach Wilson was going to be this team's backup quarterback. But it seems like Zach Wilson, at least, at least what we saw today, can be a competent backup because the biggest thing with Zach Wilson last year is that he had the yips. He was unable to make the easy look easy. But earlier today, Zach Wilson made the easy look easy. There was progress made by the Jet now third-year quarterback. He was 14 of 20, 123 passing yards. He did throw a touchdown to Kenny Yaboa. Six drives, three scoring drives. I thought the drive at the end of the first half was very encouraging if you're a Jet fan. Now, they didn't ask him to do a ton. Zach Wilson did not complete a pass that traveled more than 10 air yards. It was a lot of screens and checkdowns. But once again, he couldn't do that last year. The reason why Jet fans were lauding Mike White like he was the savior for the franchise, which is kind of funny to think back on, now knowing Aaron Rodgers is this team's true savior, is because Mike White could hit a checkdown pass. Mike White could hit the hit, you know could hit a screen. Zach couldn't last year. So I thought Zach was decent in his three series last week in the Hall of Fame game. Of course, the throw to Malik Taylor down the sidelines being talked about like, you know, it's the the greatest throw of all time on hard knocks. But you get the point. And I thought today Zach Wilson did the boring stuff well. So progress was made from a Zach Wilson standpoint. And you would hope now with a different coaching staff around him, Rodgers mentoring him three years into his career, he can at least be a backup. So I, I feel a little better and I hope Jet fans do as well about the idea of Zach Wilson being the number two on this team, backing up Aaron Rodgers. Because God forbid Zach Wilson does have to play for a game or two this year. All right, that could be the difference in whether or not the Jets could get home field advantage in a, in, a, in a playoff game, can win the division. Maybe make the playoffs with how competitive the AFC is. So a lot to talk about with the Jets, but you got to start with the quarterback, Zach Wilson, who played the entire first half. 800-919-ESPN is the number. More on the Jets here as we react to a 27 to nothing Jets win over the Panthers. The second big takeaway is Mekhi Becton. 
And Makai Becton, I think, had the most amount of eyeballs on him going into this game, and that includes Zach Wilson. Because everyone has a different opinion on Makai Becton, who nearly has gone two years without playing football. And don't overlook the aspect that he's back on the same field where he suffered the initial injury in 2021, week one of the season, where he got rolled up on by his own teammate. And he's back out there today, and I thought Makai Becton looked really good. He played into the third quarter. He played, I believe, Rich Samini said 27 snaps. I thought it was a really good day for Makai Becton. And I'm not an offensive line expert by any means. But from what I saw from Becton, it looked like he had a solid day. In fact, I thought the answer from Salah after the game that you heard on the Jets postgame show that just wrapped up with Dan and Greg was very interesting. If you missed it, this was Robert Salah being asked specifically about the performance of Makai Becton this afternoon. Proud of him. He, he fought through. Obviously got in a lot of reps. Actually played a heck of a lot more than we were planning. He wanted to go more, which is promising. So I am proud of him. He took a really, really big step today. I really don't care what the film looks like. We'll see it. We'll correct it, all that stuff. But for him just to build that confidence with the knee, like I've said, that's important. And I f- it feels like he took that right step today. It's tough to argue with that, right? And now here's the thing with Becton. What's the path for him to start on this team? Because Robert Sala continues to say Dwayne Brown's coming back and he's going to be the left tackle. He's he's essentially said that. They factored in Dwayne Brown to be one of their five. So is the next step now for Makai Becton with joint practices against Todd Bowles and the Bucks coming up this week for him to be out there with the first team in some in some uh, scenarios? I think it is. Right, because Salah talked about the other day, Makai Becton's got to go out there and he's got to get through a game and then he's got to get get through a full week of practice into another game. He's got to trust his knee coming back from not playing football for two years. So Makai Becton now looked good today, playing nearly 30 snaps. Can he go out there and now build on that into a full week of practice? He should be given an opportunity to play some tackle with the first team. Play left tackle till Dwayne Brown's back. And then Becton, I think, should factor in at right tackle. Because if it's truly about playing the best five offensive linemen, like Robert Sala said it was throughout OTAs, throughout training camp. Hell, he said it the other day. Then you can't sit here and tell me a healthy Makai Becton is not one of their best five linemen. You just can't. We've never questioned Makai Becton's talent if you're a Jet fan. The guy's got to stay on the field. So I think if you're a Jet fan, you have to be encouraged by what you saw from Becton today. I'm not going to tell you he's now Jonathan Ogden or he's DeBrickashaw Ferguson, but he looked good today. And let's not overlook the fact that he went out there and he did this in a spot where he obviously suffered the first injury that led to all the different things he's dealt with the last two years. And then I really think it was noticeable that the Jets actually played as many starters on offense as they did today. And what's the knock people have about Robert Sala? Ah, he's too he's too buddy-buddy with the players. He's too friendly with the guys. He's a great guy, but is he too nice? That was... That's stuff you hear about Robert Sala. I think some of it's nonsense, but that's legitimate stuff you hear about Robert Sala. So I thought the fact that we got the answer from Sala in the postgame about why so many starters were out there playing is significant. If you missed it, this was Robert Sala being asked why a lot of guys on this offense, guys like Corey Davis, guys like Alan Lazard, Miko Hartman, most of the offensive line out there besides AVT actually played in this game. Take a listen. Uh, you know, coming off of Wednesday, uh, and it, it's it's not from pettiness. I just we've got to play football together, and um, you know, there, it's we got a really good group. 
but it doesn't matter if we don't know how to play football together. And that was kind of evident on Wednesday. And uh, just trying to create another opportunity. There's not very many opportunities where we get a chance to play football together. I, I don't look at practice against us because we're so comfortable playing against us as an opportunity to play ball. It's you know that feeling of playing different schemes, uh, having different play calls, leaning on different people. Um, and so coming off of that Wednesday, just we just need to play ball together so we can get gel together faster. I think that's a big-time uh, response there by the head coach. He didn't like how the offense played in the joint practice on Wednesday. So he played a lot of the starters a lot more than anyone thought he would in this game today. That's, that's not exactly being buddy-buddy with the players. So that's, to me, a good job by Robert Sala. I, 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 I like that approach. And I wonder if we see more of that later this week if he's not satisfied with the joint practice results against the Bucs, who, by the way, might be one of the worst teams in football this year. And if the Jets are the team that a lot of people think they could be, they should look better than Tampa Bay in these two practices coming up. But I think if you're a Jet fan, there's a lot to like, man. I mean, how nasty is this Jets defensive line? I mean, they got so many guys on this D-line that I believe would actually start for other teams in the league that are rotational pieces for the Jets. I mean, how good has Jermaine Johnson looked so far? How about Will McDonald, the rookie they picked in the first round this year that, let's be real, nobody had ever heard of unless you went to Iowa State before the Jets selected him. Bryce Huff out there making plays. Quentin Jefferson, who they brought in from Seattle, making plays. I mean, they rested Carl Lawson. They rested John Franklin Myers. They obviously rested first-team All-Pro Quentin Williams. This D-line is really, really good. They set the tone for everything with this team. We know how good the back end is with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. But, man, the Jets' defensive front is going to be the difference in these games, especially early on in the year when you look at the schedule with the amount of elite offenses you're playing whether it's Buffalo or on opening night, Dallas in week two, Kansas City in week four, Philly in week six. I mean, those are four teams I mentioned that statistically had top five offenses in the league a year ago. This defensive line has got to wreak havoc. How do you win games in the NFL? You need an elite quarterback. You need a fourth quarter pass rush. There is no excuse for this defensive line to not dominate games and close out games. They should be playing with leads this year with Rodgers at quarterback. They certainly shouldn't be playing from behind nearly as much as they were last season with how inept the offense was. So I think if you're a Jet fan, you got to feel good about this defensive line. And then some other takeaways to me that stood out. I mean, did you guys notice the interview with Garrett Wilson today? How he's wearing sunglasses and a bucket hat? Garrett Wilson wasn't just trying to style on the sideline today. That was a shot at Sean Payton, who obviously took the shot at Nathaniel Hackett and said the Jets are this year's Broncos. Sean Payton ripped the Jets. He ripped Nate Hackett. Well, Sean Payton has rules for his team, which, by the way, Russell Wilson looked like garbage last night and played into the second quarter before they could score a touchdown. Maybe he's just shot, and Hackett's not nearly as bad as some people alluded to, but that's neither here or there. Sean Payton has rules for the Broncos. Your uniforms cannot be taken off after you're done playing. No sunglasses allowed, no bucket hats, and no interviews during the game. Garrett Wilson's wearing his uniform with no pads on it. He's wearing sunglasses. He's wearing a bucket hat, and he's doing an interview during the game. If you don't think that was a calculated shot at Sean Payton, I have a bridge I'd like to, tell, I'd like to sell you. I thought that was great. 
And I thought the Jets running game today was impressive as well. Good to see Michael Carter resemble the Michael Carter from his rookie year. Good to see Izzy build on what he did in the Hall of Fame game. Maybe they got a steal with that fifth-round pick out of Pittsburgh. Does this team still need Dalvin Cook? I mean, maybe they don't. And you know Joe Douglas has his price, and he's not going to budge. A good day for the Jet running backs. Bad day if you're Dalvin Cook looking to play for the New York Jets. And then finally, and then we get to your calls coming up here, the kicking game. How nice is it? to have not just a really good kicker for the second year in a row in Greg Zerline, but how good is Thomas Morstead, man? The Jets have a punter who doesn't stink. Honestly, and I said this during the game on my Twitter account, at Jake Asm, other than quarterback, there's not a single position on the Jets where they upgraded more from last year to this year than punter. To go from Braden Mann who single-handedly probably cost the Jets at least two games last season. To Thomas Morstead, it's unbelievable. It's like going from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the punter for the Jets, man, Thomas Morstead, they never should have let him go the first time around. I'm glad Joe Douglas rectified that. So that's what stood out to me today. So for a second preseason game where a bunch of key Jets did not play, I think there's a lot to be encouraged if you're a fan of the Jets. You're listening to The Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Zach Wilson, give him credit. He looked good today. Jets tight ends look good today as well. And what's funny is they really didn't feature a ton of C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin and Jeremy Rucker. They played, but it's not like they were a huge focal point of the offense today. You had Kenny Yaboa getting in on the action. Zach Kunst was getting in on the action. I mean, you had a lot of different tight ends ej jenkins scored a touchdown from tim boyle so on a tight end action for the new york jets we know rogers loves throwing to tight ends it's why i'm drafting tyler conklin and probably jeremy ruckert and cj uzama if i can on my fantasy team it's jake asman with you right here on 98.7 espn till midnight connor rogers is going to be joining us he covers the jets you watch him on sny he'll be joining us at 8 45 but your calls right now after a jets 27 to nothing win over Bryce Young and the Panthers, who, by the way, look small out there, man. Look, I'm a small guy. Uh, Bryce Young, he's small. He does not look like an NFL quarterback. I wonder how his body will hold up if he takes a ton of hits, and he took a lot of hits from that Jets defensive line. Let's go to the phones right now. Once again, our number, 800-919-3776, and you can reach the show if you tweet me at Jake Asman, J-A-K-E. A-S-M-A-N. Here we go. Let's go to Dre in Manhattan. Dre, you're first up tonight. What's up, Dre? What's going on, my guy, Jake? How you doing today? What's up, Dre? Thanks for making the call, man. No problem. Got to tell you, watch the game from start to finish. Uh, I'm really impressed with our boys. Uh, I thought Zach looked good there. Still some things he needs to clean up, you know, but I think he held his own. But I'm really calling about Makai. I didn't realize that he, this was the same field where he got hurt and initially, and I thought, wow, you know, I've had things happen in my life where so, you know, something trying to traumatic going back to the scene of where it happened is pretty tough. And I just wanted to see him finish the game and walk off. That's I know he, they mentioned that during the young game broadcast, but um, he looks good. He really looks good. I think that, you know, he just needs a bit more, more confidence back and if he can actually start for this team, then and we and we solidify this offensive line, like I said before, and I've said this everywhere, and I'll say it here too, we're only losing three games. We're going fourteen and three. 
and we're gonna we're gonna take it all. <laughs> Joe, I appreciate the call. From your lips to God's ears, the Jets go fourteen and three and win it all. Oh my God! I mean, the most wins the Jets have ever had in a regular season is twelve and ninety-eight. You tell me they're winning fourteen. I mean, where do I sign for that? But you know, to your point, Makai Becton doing what he did today—that to me is probably the 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 ultimate takeaway from this game. Because when you watch preseason, the way I like to look at it is what could happen in this game that could actually translate that and making a significant impact when the games actually count. For the Jets, those games start to count on September 11th against the Bills on Monday night. And Makai Becton, if healthy, to me, is one of the Jets' best five linemen. And Robert Sala has said, we're going to play the best five. Well, if Makai could prove that he is healthy, to me, he's one of the best five. And Sala's answer that we played in the opening segment from his post-game press conference seems to indicate that. That it's just about Makai trusting his knee, getting reps, proving he could stay healthy. He wanted to stay in. The Jets said, hey, you're good. You played into the third quarter. You played nearly 30 snaps. You're good. So what can Makai Becton now do in practice this week to build on what was an encouraging performance? Can he get some first-team starter reps? Right? Like right now, Billy Turner's the left tackle. He started today protecting Zach Wilson's blind side. Let's see what Makai can protect Aaron Rodgers' blind side in practice this week. Because Dwayne Brown's not going to be back this week, it doesn't sound like. You still have about a month till the year starts. So let's see. There's still enough time for Makai to, to build up some confidence in the coaching staff. That, to me, is the biggest thing. Look, Zach playing well, good to see. Obviously, no Jet fan wants to see Zach Wilson in regular season games this year unless the Jets are up 40, right? So there were some things today. Defensive line, Makai, I thought Joe Tipman, the rookie center, another good game. A lot of things to look at and be excited about, I think, if you're a Jet fan. Let's continue with your calls right now. We got Neil on Long Island. Wants in on the Jet conversation. Neil, you're on with Jake Asman. It's 98.7 ESPN New York. Hey, Jake. How you doing? What's up, Neil? Um, nothing. Watch the game like Trey, start to finish. I have one thing to say. You know, I've been, I haven't seen a pass rusher on this edge since J- John Abraham. And I got to tell you something. Will McDonald looks like a Ferrari out there. When the tackle drops off, he spins to the inside. They're very, very cautious with him because they're afraid they're going to get beat around the edge. So the tackles are dropping back very quickly and leaving him an inside rush. And when he adds that spin move, I mean, he just looks tremendous. I just want your thoughts on that. Yeah, great call. I I, I agree with you. I mean, look, and and here's the thing I'll say, because there were a lot of Jet fans who were shocked by that pick. Ah, we need an offensive lineman. And yes, believe me, I I think I – was leading the the Jets need to draft the tackle in the first round charge as much as anyone. But hasn't Joe Douglas earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to drafting players like that after what he did last year? Like, I, I, I can't sit here and say I know everything about great defensive linemen. And Joe Douglas and Robert Siler are paid to. And the Jets' defensive line might be the best in football when it really comes down to it. If McDonald's as good as he's looked so far through two games, they're going to have to get him on the field. The problem is, and I talked about this in the opening segment, and it's not really a problem, right? This is what we call a good problem to have. And I know our our, our pal Michael K will say, well, it's eventually a problem. Well, guys get hurt, right? So as great as the, the Jets' D-line depth is, you don't want to have to start losing a bunch of guys because then it's no longer depth. But I, I compare it to this, the Jets' D-line. You can never have enough good players at premium positions in football, especially along that defensive line. It's like the saying in baseball, you can never have enough starting pitching. 
Ask a Yankee fan or a Met fan about that. God, Yankees going with openers in three straight days. The Mets have no pitching. They traded away Verlander and Scherzer, and the other guys stink. You can never have enough really good defensive linemen and offensive linemen, for that matter, as well. Football is one of the trenches. It's cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. 800-919-ESPN is the number. Connor Rogers, SNY, pre- and post-Jets game or Jets analyst will be joining us at 845. More of your calls right now. Let's go to our pal, the King. King Lowski in Atlanta wants in on the Jets. King, what do you got for us tonight? You're on 98.7 ESPN. Jake, what's going on, my brother? How are you this evening? What's up, King? Jake, what a complete game, even if it was a preseason game. Dalvin Cook, I don't know what you're waiting on, baby, but we got premium running backs. I don't know what you're waiting on. What a defensive just put on a pressure donut we put on them boys. The defense was flying from sideline to sideline. I don't see nobody who is better than us. Ten-man rotation defense. Are you kidding me? Will McDonald looks like the next coming of what we have. Just call Lawson and his prime. It don't matter. We are prime and ready to go. The defense is going to be number one. I don't want to hear nothing. Y'all can call the preseason if you want to. We're going to do the same thing in the regular season. Believe that. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> King Lowski bringing the energy on a Saturday night here in New York City. Look, Dalvin Cook might have blown his chance to be a Jet. I think I think our last caller, King Lowski, there makes a fair point, right? Dalvin Cook had an offer from the Jets. He took a visit. He had the Hard Knocks cameras following him around. He didn't sign the deal. There was a story out this week that the Jets and Dalvin Cook are about $3 million apart. I mean, after what we saw today from the Jets running backs, right? Michael Carter resembling the guy we all fell in love with as Jet fans his rookie year. Is he a Bonaconda? The pride of Brooklyn, once again, showcasing his talents. How about the spin move from Izzy today? I mean, Dalvin Cook, he might have blown his chance to be a Jet. They might not need Dalvin Cook. The Jets can get him at their price. They're not going to overpay for Dalvin Cook. They got Brees Hall coming back. And if Michael Carter's rookie year, Carter, and Izzy's the real deal, they don't need him. And I wanted Dalvin Cook, but I have to admit, seeing what we have seen from the Jets running game these first two games, it's encouraging. And I get it. It is preseason. And you don't want to go goo-goo gaga over it, but I mean, we, we got to evaluate what we see. And I think you got to be encouraged about this running game based on what we saw. You're listening to the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. I'm on Twitter, at Jake Asman. Only one S, Dave Rothenberg. Only one S, A-S-M-A-N. And speaking of Dave Rothenberg, I'll be filling in for you, Dave and Rick. Dan Grasso and I, next Friday morning from 6A to 10A on DiPietro and Rothenberg. More of your calls right now. Connor Rogers will join us in the next segment. We'll talk about the Jets and Panthers from his perspective. Let's get back to your calls now. Paul in Queens, once in on the Jets conversation. Paul, you're first up this segment. You're on 98.7 ESPN. What do you got? 
Jake, forget about Houston. Come home. We need you on ESPN. I call you all the time on YouTube, kid. You're a great listener. I'm like, I'm, you know, when you talk about your dad, it reminds me of my kids when I, you know, I took them to Jet Games and became big, big, big fans, and we, we have that bonding. But listen, Jake, I want to talk about two things. One about the linebacker position, and one about uh, Dalvin Cook. Look, the linebacker position to me worries me, and I'll tell you why. This team hits hard. You remember last year? You know, um, you know, uh, what's his name again? Quincy, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Quan Alexander. Williams. Yes, I wanted Quan Alexander because you know why? Quincy's going to go down. All right. I think since there's a plethora of guys, you know, on the defensive line, why don't we just make Will McDonald the Leo linebacker? And I'll tell you why. Because if he goes down, we don't have Quan Alexander like we had last year. You remember, Quincy Williams went down a couple of games. That worries me. Oh yeah, Jamie Sherwood's good. You had 25 plays. That position worries me that, you know, you want to be a team that's going to win 14 games, whatever. you got to have good backups. The other point is about Dalvin Cook. Look, you heard the promo, what Aaron Rodgers said. I'm an old guy. I'm coming to this team. Give him what he wants. He's always had two solid running backs. Dalvin Cook could be this, this team's version of when LT came here. Remember when LT came here? He made Sean sure. Green a better player. I mean, I think – you got to go for the gusto. The window period, two, three, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, as you, your dad, and me, that wink our eyes every time this team messes up, you know what? We deserve our shot. Yes, the, the, the public, you know, is criticizing us. Like Mr. Nick Wright on, you know, on Fox, we can't stand the Jets and think they're going to go 0-6 the first six, the first six games. Give this guy what he wants. Jake, again, forget about Houston. Come home, Jake. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Paul, I appreciate the call. Uh, those decisions are not entirely up to me, though. But I, I appreciate it, and I'm sure my dad loves being mentioned. You know, he, he unfortunately, a lot of times, is the reason why I am a Jets fan. You know, being a Jet fan is not exactly, you know, the, the, the greatest thing in the world to experience. But at this point, you know, it's, it's the only thing I know. You know, to your point on the linebacker situation, look, Quincy Williams, good player. C.J. Mosley, good player. Jamie and Sherwood, I, I think they like him a lot. There's a reason why Quan Alexander wasn't brought back. After that, there's some question marks. Do I think they could maybe use some of the guys like a Will McDonald in that spot in certain situations? Sure. Uh, but the reality is the Jets don't have a lot of linebackers on the field at once. That's why Quan was expendable. So you, it really, they need Mosley and Quincy to stay healthy. If they deal with some injuries, yeah, it could be a problem. But you hope the D-line is just so good and the safety play is improved. Tony Adams, by the way, didn't even play again today. If that doesn't tell you, he's starting opening night opposite Jordan Whitehead. I don't know what to tell you, Jet fans. So I just think they have enough there. Like, And plus, you got Rodgers at quarterback. So they should be okay on defense. They should be more than okay. As far as Dalvin Cook, look, they're not just going to give him a blank check. He is 28. Running back sometimes could fall off a cliff. And maybe the Jets are just guarding against that. Like, they want him at their price. But with what we've seen from the running backs here, I don't think Dalvin Cook has a ton of leverage right now. Let's continue with your calls right now. Let's go to... Eileen in North Carolina. Eileen, you're up next. You're on with Jake Asman here on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Jake. How you doing? It's Leany and MC. Leany, thanks for making the call. I saw you tweeted me. You went to the joint practice in Carolina the other day, right? Yes, I did. And you know what? I did not think the offensive line looked that bad. Um, I thought they played pretty good, except when they did the two-minute drill. Then they looked horrible. Um, but I didn't think it was that bad. I actually, I enjoyed the game tonight. 
Um, I thought they played very well. I like, oh, I'm kind of like repeating what everybody said, but I liked how Zach looked. He looked comfortable. He didn't have his happy feet. Um, I thought Carter, Bam, and Izzy looked very good. And that's why I texted my brother, Dalvin Cook, who. Um, (laughs) And then, okay, I was at the joint practice, and I said to my son, where's J.J.? And he goes, who? Because he's kind of really a giant fan, but he likes the Jets, and he loves actually Sauce Gardner and has his jersey. But I'm like, oh, Jermaine Johnson, he changed number 11. Where is he? So he helped me find him. OMG. I was like, look at the size of this guy. And I was mesmerized. He played so well tonight. I'm just over the moon. And I thought Huff was great. Um, Boyle, on Wednesday, he looked horrible. And I'm like, oh, my God. Him being number three, what is going on? And I was very impressed with him tonight. The first series, he didn't look good. But then as the game went on, he looked better. So, and I did love, I love me a tight end. I love Dustin Keller. We haven't had a tight end in a long time. Uh, When we got Uzama and Cochran last year, I'm like, yes, finally. And they weren't utilized. I loved tight end, tight end, tight end. They kept throwing to the tight end. So I'm very excited. Now, believe me, I've been a fan for 54 years. I'm 59 years old. I know it's just preseason, but I was very, very impressed the way they played tonight. Lainey, excellent call. Glad you had a great time at the joint practice the other day. I agree with you. It is just preseason. But I'll say this about the Jets' defensive line. You were talking about Jermaine Johnson. The Jets did not play their starting defensive line today. The Carolina Panthers played their starting O-line trying to protect their 5'10 quarterback. And the Jets' backups, I use the word backup with air quotes, because Jermaine Johnson starting for most teams in the NFL. Bryce Huff starting for most teams in the NFL. All right, Michael Clemens didn't play today, but he's a guy who I think could start for a lot of teams in the NFL. Those guys wrecked the game, man. You know, Akeem Aquanu, you know, a lot of Jet fans wanted him to be a Jet last year. Uh, go look at the spin cycle Will McDonald put on him. Uh, I mean, Jermaine Johnson winning reps against him. So a lot of encouraging things that we saw today from the Jets D-line. Let's squeeze in one final call before we then get to Connor Rogers from SNY on the other side. Let's go to Dennis in Hackensack. Dennis, you're up next. You're on with Jake Asman here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Jake, how are you, buddy? I watch your pod on YouTube every day. I wait for it to come out of. Welcome Thank to you, New Dennis. York, my friend. Glad Thank to you, have man. you around here. couple quick things, bud. I think the best five for the O-line would be uh, Brown, uh, Lakin, probably Tipman, ABT, and Beckton. My second point, if you don't give me a quick second, I think instead of focusing on Cook, we should maybe call Tampa and try to get Mike Evans to be our second wide receiver, maybe Corey Davis in a fourth. And then the third point, the linebacker thing, I want Patrick Queen from Baltimore. I'll Dennis, thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Dennis. Thanks for the kind words. Hey, look, if Mike Evans is available. Yes, the Jets should make a phone call. I don't think he's available just yet. I mean, we'll see Mike Evans up close this week when the Jets and, and Tampa have some joint practices. I promise you the Bucks are going to be terrible. Because Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask is their quarterback and Todd Bowles is their head coach. But they're not terrible yet. So they got to fall out of it first, and then maybe you make that call. We'll see. 
Uh, how about another number 17 that Aaron Rodgers knows well, right? We have Garrett Wilson. How about uh, you know, Devontae Adams if the Raiders fall out of it? That's the guy I'd go after if he's available. Might be a pipe dream. But, hey, Rodgers did take $35 million less and told Peter King part of the reason for that is in case someone's available at the trade deadline, the Jets can make a move. So they will be aggressive. We just don't know the players that are available just yet. We'll talk more Jets on the other side. One of my good friends in the business, one of the great Jets analysts out there. You watch him on SNY for the Jets pre- and post-game show. Connor Rogers is going to be joining us on the other side to break down today's preseason game and look ahead to the Jets and the Bucks joint practice week coming up for the team. You're listening to The Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's Jake Asman with you until midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Jets defeat the Panthers 27 to nothing. And for more on the game, let's talk to one of the best Jets analysts out there, Connor Rogers. You watch him on Jets pre and post on SNY, and he joins us now on the show. Connor, can't thank you enough for making the time tonight. Hope all is well, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Jake, man. It's good to catch up with you. Likewise. So give me your big takeaways. Of course, you heard Zach Wilson there talking about the Jets defensive line. What stood out to you from the D linemen and what else stood out in this game? Just how much that group overwhelmed the Panthers starting offensive line, right? And it kind of carried through throughout the rest of the game. I mean, you have the Jets who obviously aren't going to play Quinn and Williams. They're obviously not going to play Carl Lawson. We didn't really see Michael Clemens today. We didn't see John Franklin Myers. You know, they, the Jets kind of look at this as they don't have a first, they don't have a second string. They have a second unit that they rotate in. So a lot of those guys got an extended look to kick off the game, and they took advantage of it against a unit for Carolina that is expected to start the season in front of Bryce Young week one this year. And you look at the player that Jermaine Johnson's turning himself into, you look at how quickly Will McDonald's impressing everybody. It's not just the spin move, but the ability to set up the spin move with outside speed rushes, a little bit of power, but he's got length. We know what Bryce Huff can do. The addition of a guy like Quentin Jefferson to the interior pass rush after they let Sheldon Rankins walk to the Texans. Uh, this group is really, really coming together. It's deep. They're going to they're gonna have to see a lot of good quarterbacks this year that they're going to have to get after and completely wreck the game. And they're showing with a strong camp, a strong Hall of Fame game, and now a strong preseason matchup against Carolina starters that they're for real. I also think a couple guys on the offensive side of the ball really flashed. You had the Abana Canada run with the spin move. The Jets right now have not signed one of those veteran running backs. They're looking for guys out of this running back room to step up while they work Brees Hall slowly back into things. Michael Carter made a lot of guys miss on the inside run game. I think that's where they like him this year. And then you talk about Joe Tittman, of course, the second-round pick, the center, that had a really strong Hall of Fame, perform- Hall of Fame game performance against the Browns. He carried that over this week against Carolina as well. He's been reliable in pass pro. He's an athletic, bigger guy in the run game that can climb to linebackers and holes. So I think, and of course, Mekhi Becton as well. Mekhi Becton, most importantly, yes, he gave up the sack, but most importantly, building up that stamina, playing more snaps than they had expected for him, according to Robert Sala. So if you're the Jets, considering the guys that played, I don't think you can ask for much more from a preseason matchup. SNY Jets analyst Connor Rogers with us here on the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. And to your point on Becton, Connor, to me, that is huge for the ramifications it could have in the regular season, potentially. What what is the future of that Jets O-line? Salah has said it's about the best five. Could Makai Becton now seemingly play himself into that conversation to be one of the five starting offensive linemen on opening night? 
I think this week was a wake-up call for them, Jake, when they got out on the field against another team. And, yes, the second practice got canceled, so they had to have their own practice. But that first practice where you look across the field and you see Brian Burns, right? He's one of the better young edges in this game. And the Jets are going to run into significant pass rush talent throughout this season. And you see what these guys can do against the starters, notably Max Mitchell on the right side, who I think has been up and down for them throughout camp. I think he's been – more on the downside through the preseason games. I think they're trying to figure this out. And I think there's really, from what I've heard, there is an awareness with the coaching staff and in the building that they're not set on the five that are going to start. They're not just guaranteeing that Max Mitchell is going to be the right tackle. They're not guaranteeing that Elijah Vera Tucker is going to stay at guard. There's a world where they experiment with Elijah Vera Tucker playing tackle and they give a Wes Schweitzer a chance to start at guard or they – look at getting Joe Tittman on the field and they can move McGovern over. And obviously they're waiting for Dwayne Brown to make his way back. He is going to be the starting left tackle. They've been very uh, vocal and, and very reassuring that that is happening. And then of course you bring up Becton, who was kind of this giant variable in all of it. I think the Jets right now, because of his health and his stamina and working his way back up and really not being able to play for two years now, they didn't want to put massive expectations on Becton and, and really just, uh, you know, kind of assert him as a starter in this offense right away. But is there a world where you can work Becton back up the shape and ease your swing tackle going into the year and your one Dwayne Brown injury or one injury on the right side away from him having to play? I wouldn't entirely rule that out. He just needed to really get through a lot of different steps and phases throughout the summer and show them that they can rely on him. And the first game was not a good start. After seven snaps, he took himself out of the game. That's why this game against Carolina, where he played more snaps than the coaches had originally put on his plate, was a really, really big checklist item for him to show, hey, maybe during the regular season I can get back to that rookie form. I don't think he's going to start week one, but we know how vital depth is in this league and how vital it is for the Jets offensive line going into the year. SNY Jets analyst Connor Rogers with us here on 98.7 ESPN. It's Jake Asman with you until midnight. Connor, how about Zach Wilson? You know, I, I was one of the many Jet fans that didn't love the fact that Zach Wilson was just essentially being handed the backup quarterback job without a real competition. I don't consider Tim Boyle true competition there, but I thought Zach took a big step today. What did you think of Wilson's performance? Are you more comfortable with Zach Wilson as Aaron Rodgers' backup? I think he's making strides, right? And I'm with you that it was a little shocking when you have a quarterback that's approaching 40 years old, you're entering a season that the expectations are massive. And we know how many, you know, contending teams need to get through a stretch with the backup quarterback throughout the year. Think about how many games the Jets witnessed that last year. I mean, they played the Broncos backup. They played Miami's backup on and on. The Jets knocked out the second string quarterback, Teddy <laughs> Bridgewater against Miami. And it was down to the third string. That's how the NFL goes right now. It's the reality of the league. So it was shocking considering where Zach Wilson's head was at to end the season, that they were confident rolling into camp this year with him as the number two. But I think we've seen baby steps in two games, right, Jake? And it's not, that you're saying, oh, if Aaron Rodgers goes down for three weeks, the Jets will be fine. Nobody's saying that. But how about a little bit of command and composure and scheming up checkdowns? I think a lot of people are looking at it and going, okay, he's starting to look for the checkdown and starting to understand when to dump the ball off. It felt like they kept the offense very simple for him today. You saw them roll him out, get him on the move, cut the field in half. You saw him looking comfortable when he was asked to stay in the pockets. You know, hey, after I go through my first read and second read, just go to the third read, which is ultimately that check down of the running back or maybe a tight end sitting in the middle of the field. So 
I think for Zach Wilson, and, you know, the sack that Becton gave up was kind of out of his hands. It's not like he held the ball too long, which we saw was a habit last year. I thought the throw to McCole Hardman in the end zone was actually a pretty good throw, um, and they, they unfortunately had a penalty on that, and Hardman couldn't have come up with the catch anyway. So I think with Wilson, they want to build his confidence back up. They want to scheme him easy throws. And then I think you're going to see a little bit more put on his plate these next two preseason games where they ask him to maybe sustain some drives, make some more difficult throws. But, hey, he's, he's, first, he's passed the first step of this summer, and now it's building on that to really regain the confidence of the team as he might have to play at some point as a backup this year. Connor Rogers from SNY talking Jets with us here on 98.7 ESPN. Aaron Rodgers, Connor, do you see any scenario where he would actually play in one of these final two preseason games? I think they're going to leave that up to him, right? And I think that's fair because he's been there for OTAs, which is really, really important, getting up to speed. I mean, yes, he's played with Alan Lazard in the past, but building that rapport with Garrett Wilson, building that rapport with Corey Davis, who we haven't really seen, obviously even throwing to some of the young guys like Malik Taylor and Jason Brownlee, who have had nice training camps and had moments in the preseason as well. I think it's going to be up to Rodgers. I would think the final preseason game, the way the structure of the schedule. Now, the Jets reported the camp early because of the Hall of Fame game, so they're in a little bit of a different scenario than the rest of the NFL. But maybe that game, you know, against the Bucks at the end of the at the end of the month, maybe he gets a drive and they kind of feel it out, so he doesn't come out completely cold turkey week one. But I think he's been in this league so long; they practice. You know, it's crazy to say practice hard, but. To kind of put it in perspective, I mean, they called it off because of weather against Carolina, the second practice of this week, the joint practices, and the Jets practiced anyway. I think that's kind of the urgency that not only the Jets staff but Rodgers have been operating with. So I'm not going to call it a lock that he sees any preseason time, and I don't think it's crazy if he doesn't, but maybe we'll see a series or two in the finale. Finally, Connor, you've been around the Jets a long time. You've been on SNY talking about them for a while now. I mean – is it surreal to see a kicking game led by Greg Zerline and Thomas Morstead that actually looks really, really good? Listen, it's important. It's, it's good when you button those things up. I know people, I mean, you and I are sitting here laughing about it, but think about the disasters they dealt with last year, right? And Zerline was rock solid, but they've had kicking disasters. Remember after they let Jason Myers go, even after they let Nick Folk go? I mean, you don't want kickers to cost you any kind of point of the season and most importantly with this team is definitely the punt game i mean they drafted Braden man so they stuck by him definitely a year too long they had morstead in the building when man was hurt morstead always looked so much better they lost him he was down in miami and now he's back it matters special teams matter so much it dictates field position it's something that until it's a problem people and fans kind of overlook it and now it's obviously something that looks not only buttoned up but this could be a top eight special teams unit in the league. And it's the athletes they have on the kick coverage teams. It's the ability to pin the ball inside the 10 yard line with Morstead, the vet that's very, very reliable. And a guy like Zerline that is so locked in, he's not missing any kicks. He's got a leg to hit from 55, 56 yards when you need him to. Hopefully for the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, they don't ask for too many of those this year. But yes, (laughs) special teams, a massive, massive upgrade for the Jets this offseason. I mean, I, I will say it, uh, you know, uh, again to you, Connor, I feel like other than going, you know, with the significant upgrade from Zach Wilson to Rodgers at quarterback, you can make a case the Jets' other unbelievable upgrade this offseason is Braden Mann the Thomas Morstead. It's unbelievable. 
I mean, it's ingrained in Jets fans' heads the walk-off punt return by the Patriots, things like that. And it's, it's not just that. People forget about the awful punt against the Lions that was brought back for a free touchdown. That In reality, that was kind of the downswing of their playoff hopes. I mean, there's a lot of moments last year that you could look at special teams and go, wow. You know, not only did that cost them that individual game, but that could build up to costing them a shot at having a playoff run. So, and of course, when you have quarterback problems, it kind of becomes even more magnified when you have special teams problems. A great quarterback can cover up a lot of deficiencies of the team. That's what the Jets are hoping Aaron Rodgers could do. But I'll tell you right now, Jake, with how deep this pass rush looks, we know how talented the corners are and how buttoned up and cleaned up the special teams is looking. If they could stay healthy and get some things right, I think the expectations for the Jets, while they're huge this year, I think it's finally going to be a lot of fun to watch this team week after week. Love it. Connor, can't thank you enough for your time tonight and continue the unbelievable job you do on SNY. And shout out to Joe Caparoso on the Badlands podcast you guys do on Patreon as well. Jake, thanks so much, man. You do an excellent job. It's great to hear you on ESPN Radio, and thanks for having me. The great Connor Rogers from SNY with us there. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>